Hello and welcome to Conversations on Crafty. I'm Sue. I'm Greg. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. It's nice and bright and early again. Yeah, we're always early. We're always early. We are. Monday morning. Yeah. Joys of, of talking in the studio. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So um, we were just talking this moment about First Dan. No, we weren't. We were literally just... <laughs> what were we talking about? I'm lost. It's early. It's Monday morning. It's early. It's early. We just started like three conversations and then we started did. recording. Yeah. So we have... Um, I think we have one of those random This is a random one. This is a random uh, series of, yeah. of, of thoughts. Yeah. A gathering of thoughts, if you will. It is. We're going to go off and on and different tangents. We may never get back to the original point. Well, the original point is it's Monday and we're going to talk about karate and, and various different things yeah. so i will i will start from where i was greg asked me how i was how i enjoyed training at the weekend and i'm very proud of my gray's knuckles yes and, she's uh, very proud of her i'm very proud of my gray's knuckles and uh, and i've shown greg and he said i am in fact hitting the pads in exactly the right place because the right knuckles are grazed yes they are i'm very proud yeah you should be <laughs> i got that right you did i'm happy i'm happy i've been told so many times if the wrong knuckles are bruised you're getting it wrong yeah so it's it's all good. I'm very happy about that. So thank you. You're welcome. We've been doing some very um, different Sunday morning training classes that you are running. Yeah, I am running the Sunday mornings. Yeah. Yes. It's been hard work, I think. Has it? No, in terms oh, of for like us. yeah. For I think us, yes, doing yesterday. It. I mean, I joined in yesterday, and I was tired by the end of it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but that's probably because we did every session for two minutes. So it was like you know quick quick um circuits in a sense wasn't it it was yeah probably the first half an hour was wasn't it heavy body shots on a on a shield yeah what do we do we mixed did heavy... up targets on a mitt on mitts yeah bag work bag work two minutes two minutes stand up grappling and then stand up grappling and we just went round and round and round and round yes so we got two goes on one thing and one go on everything yes and that's how it ended up working that was really good. good but i chose two minutes you looked at me and you said how long so I chose two minutes. Yeah, which for thinking, some of it was fine. Yeah, some, I know. By, by, the, by the end of it, those two minutes felt like two hours. I know, but I was thinking about big gradings Yes. over, over the next few months. Mm-hmm. So I thought I might as well start now, getting Absolutely. used to two, things in two minutes. Two minutes isn't a long time. It's you, can, you know, it's fine. It's not, but it gives you a sense of how long it is. Yeah. Which is good. I'm very happy with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're liking that. And also, um, seeing as you're doing it and really liking teaching it and it's a good it's a good class i like it good i thought i would um i don't know what did i want to do preemptive striking okay you've done you've done some classes on preemptive striking mm-hmm. i just want to say first of all we have a circuit class downstairs from us and they went silent i've never heard them silent before I had a whole room full of people yes yelling at each other we did yeah we Go did on, t- talk, talk, talk about that <laughs> say what I mean, it is you were doing because it's brilliant class it's it's something we haven't done too much of before, but it's something that's I think is ma- massively important is is the idea of preemptive striking, but not is understanding when to employ that tactic more than anything. So what we were doing, we were doing drills where I just basically said, "Come up with your own scenarios, give yourself a storyline, and start screaming and shouting at each other," and you know, you you try and decide when in that moment is appropriate to strike or not appropriate to strike. You have to try and talk the situation down. We were looking at. Um, the fence, which if you don't know what the fence is, I put something on Instagram a while back. But look up Jeff Thompson's videos on the fence. It's really good. 
Um, and we, yeah, we were working from the fence. We were doing some on mitts, some without mitts, and just, you know, shouting and screaming at each other. And mm. then I had Joe, who didn't have a partner, walking around with a with a focus. This is something I stole from Andy Allen, mm. who's going to be on at some point. He is. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Um, from Applied Shirt Account. If you haven't followed him, then go and look at his stuff, because it's really good. But it's something I stole from him, from his gradings. I know he just gets one of his panellists to just walk around and randomly start picking on a student and getting them to pre- preemptively strike a mitt. So that's what I did with Joe. So there was a... A panellist? So is this is an exam? Sorry. Yeah, for the grading, yeah. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, I see. and we are going to start doing that for our gradings as well, by Wait. the way. Um, yeah. well, just randomly, in the middle of a cat, someone's going to come pick mm, on you? Potentially, yeah. <laughs> potentially. Because it works your awareness that, you, you know, you can't just switch off. This is what I was trying to make the point of on the, the other week when we were doing it. So you were focusing on your partner, but at any point, Joe could come around and start screaming and shouting at you. So you needed to be aware of where Joe was in the room who he was talking to, if he was going to approach you or not, and try and position yourself so that, you know, he wasn't just going to creep up behind you or whatever. Mm. So it's just working all those different skills that you can only really develop from live training, really. Mm. It's not something you can... You, you can talk about it, but unless you actually get experience of doing it, it's one of those things that's very hard to develop, I think. It is partly because... When you're actually playing a scenario, especially if you really get into it, have a really yeah. good time with it, get loud and aggressive, or if your partner's being really loud and aggressive with you, um, it's really hard to um, think in advance about how you're going to feel because you actually feel quite a lot of tension and fear. And, well, it and does. It when does, someone is really in yeah. your face and yelling at you, even if you know, oh, this is my mate, it's fine, we're perfectly safe here. Yeah. And someone is literally three inches away from you, pushing you back and saying, did you just hit my kid? Yeah. You, 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 you it triggers that adrenaline. Yeah. No, it does trigger it. And then that's the thing. You can you can talk about, you know, oh, if someone's in your face, you put your fence up and you preemptively strike, blah, blah, blah. But unless you have experience of dealing with that aggression, you might just freeze. Mm. Um, so you need to practice doing it. And the only way you can practice it is have someone scream and shout at you yes. as realistic as possible. And you had Johnny, who, if, if anyone doesn't know Johnny, Johnny's a six, six, three, big Scottish guy yeah. screaming and shouting at you, which was yeah. great to watch. It was really funny. Was it really? It was, yeah. Yeah, it was brilliant. I had a great time. I was just watching everyone coming up with these scenarios. Yeah. I had Alex and, um, who was Alex with? Scott. Alex and Scott pretending they were at a bar, leaning at the thing, and then someone Scott knocks into him and he starts shouting, and this is great. Oh, this is really good. It's like being in a play. Yeah, the, the, I suppose the trouble is, is that uh, you know when you're engaged in it, you can't see it. You should have filmed it. We'll do that. We'll, we'll film it next film time. It next yeah, time? we'll put yeah. it on. I'll, I'll film it and we'll put it on the Instagram. We'll, 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 yeah, we'll put some of it on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, my experience with Johnny was um, was brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, he was really in my face. Um, and that was so funny, you know, because he's uh, such a nice guy. Yeah. So we'd be like, oh, what should we do? I don't know. What, what's that? Oh, I've had a thought. Okay. Right, you. <laughs> I think that was the, was that, that was the morning where Johnny came in and, and his van had been stolen. Uh, it could have been. I think. So he had a lot of, <laughs> a lot of built up aggression that morning. He did. Which he needed to get out. <laughs> but the good thing for, for me watching it, though, is one of those things that you need to do regularly, I think, because, you know, me watching it, I can see what everyone needs to work on in that section so I yeah. could see the people that were really good at employing the fence and keeping the distance correct I could see people that were letting that fence drop and letting the distance close too quickly which if it was for real then they'd be in trouble because yeah. they wouldn't have anywhere to move from yeah it was um so it's it's a good it's a good thing to watch and then for the next time kind of 
improvise again. Yeah. I suppose what's interesting about that is I was finding myself resisting going backwards because we're kind of drilled into us now that you don't go backwards. Well, absolutely, but actually, yeah. Um, when you're my size and somebody that big is coming straight at you and you've got the fence up, you are going to go backwards. Um, I did. Well, I, I let me put it this way. I did go backwards. Yeah. I mean, my my point would be if 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 someone was that much bigger than you and coming towards you that aggressively, then that's a sign to preempt straight away. Preempt and escape as quick as you can. Because, I mean, it's hard to explain over audio. We you need to kind of see it. But if if someone is approaching you in an aggressive manner, you don't want to let them get too close and let them push you back too much because once you're on the back foot it's very very hard to get off of the back foot yeah do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and it's hard for you to if you are going to then need to strike to be able to strike while you're moving back you you can do it and you might be able to land a decent shot but it's not going to be what you want it to be no um so yeah that was that's something we will work on okay that's interesting yeah yeah there's no doubt about it. I was definitely going backwards. Yes, yeah, you, yeah, I know. Yeah, but I suppose we started the scenario quite close together. So maybe yeah. we could have started the scenario a tiny bit further we, away. We will do all of that and more. Five or six feet away. We will yeah. do it all and more. Yeah, don't do worry, worry. I'm not, not criticising. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know. But to anyone out there who, who doesn't really know what we're talking about, then I would strongly recommend Jeff Thompson's videos. Mm-hmm. Um I think the fence. Well, there's there's some clips of them on YouTube. I don't know. I know the whole thing's probably not on there, but I'll I'll link some stuff in the description. Yeah. Um, because he is by far the best person to watch. I think. Um, with regard to that, and Lee Morrison's really good as well, who we've mentioned before from Urban Combatives. So yeah. Watch Brilliant. them. Okay, we'll watch them. Mm. Do yeah. it. We've done the fence a couple of times. I like it. Uh, it's yeah. incredibly simple you know just put your hands it up is. and if they push into you a couple three times then you can do something yeah but it's also about making it look as natural as possible because if you if you put if you put your fence up and it looks very um like a guard it can almost look like you're putting your hands up ready to scrap yeah it needs to be natural like you're talking with your hands there's again jeff thompson's the best one to, to watch because he's so good at it you won't even realize he's doing it half the time yeah but he's in a position where you can easily strike from and it's it just gives you a free shot essentially yeah. if you can make it if you can disguise it and make it look as natural as possible so the person doesn't realize you're getting ready to strike that is the the purpose of it to give you an avenue of escape um as quickly as you can yes and I will echo something that, you know, Ian's said before, that it does not go against the Funakoshi's principle of there is no first attack in karate. I will leave that there. Because I, I have seen a lot of people say, well, you must always wait, you know, to be... You block and counter, which it just doesn't work. It does not work. No. there's There's degrees of situation, aren't there? Putting your hands up ready in a fence. Yeah. If someone's coming at you and they really need business and you're in a dangerous situation, then you might have to. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, hard words in a in a supermarket car park on a Saturday morning when there's plenty of people around might yeah. not be quite as dangerous as 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday mm-hmm. night. Who knows? Funakoshi also talks about preemptive striking in his book as well. Does he? He's a really nice... Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll put that in the description as well. I won't paraphrase it because I'll probably get it wrong, but um, 
and I, I don't want to do that to Funakoshi, but yeah, he has a really good point about it, and it it basically is the same as what a lot of the the modern teaching is. So yeah, which is fine to preempt a strike if you're in a absolutely you're being threatened. Yes. yes. Okay. Well, that's great. Thank you. You're very welcome. And enjoying those classes. Good. That's good to know. <laughs> I think everyone is. I think everyone likes the practical stuff. Yeah, you know? I mean, the, the thing I, I, I kind of, we, what did we do yesterday? We did some a bit of groundwork at the end, which I've been trying to introduce very slowly. And no, nothing kind of overcomplicated, just the basic positions and escapes from them. And then yesterday we kind of put them all together and just did a little little bit of just free moving around. And I went with Scott, and Scott was picked it up really well. So it's good to know that everyone's kind of getting it, which is mm. good. It's going in. It is. But like with any of these things, do it a few times, link it up together, keep running it, and before you know it, you know what you're doing and you're looking for the next thing. Mm-hmm. And it all becomes a bit more natural and you start to feel it. But it yeah. takes a while to get that, you know, those um, those key things in, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. To get those key... Well, it's like we said before, it's that constant drilling. I'm a big believer in that, you know, cry people don't do enough. Is just... We, we we always go on about the basics or the basics are important the basics are important but the basics are not just standing in the line doing basics the basic is just the fundamental application of a technique and getting it perfect like what mark was doing um uh an arm drag the other day because he, he couldn't work on the ground so we, we did some stand up and he was and he's got he's drilled that arm drag from different positions so many times that he's got it he can just do it like that without mm-hmm. thinking about it and when mm-hmm. he's doing it to me it just comes out of nowhere and all of a sudden he's behind you and you think wow that was really good but it's because he's drilled it over and over and over and over again mm-hmm. and that's what about drilling for me drilling the basics means because an arm drag's not an advanced technique by any means no it's just a simple you know a simple arm drag is nothing but Drilling it, drilling the basics over and over again gives you that avenue to work into the more advanced stuff. It does. So, yeah, I'm a big believer in just constantly drilling the, the simple stuff. Yes. I agree. The more, and yes, the more you do them under pressure, they are the things that come out, which yeah, is exactly, something that yeah. you've said over and over again to me, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. You do, you do. Well, it's like Ian said, it's instilling those good combative habits, and I love that phrase because it makes a lot of sense. Mm. And it's it's like when, like when we're doing the, the preemptive stuff by putting you in that live, you know, semi-live situation. The bad habits as well as the good habits come out. So mm. that's when you see right. These are the habits we need to iron out. Mm. And it's the same with everything. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting to find out how you feel when you're under pressure as well, like that. Yeah. Because you know, I I don't know what how other people feel but i kind of feel fear 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 and rage (laughs) (laughs) you know very much a very big kind of get off me (laughs) yeah well that's good (laughs) now i know but it's kind of it's big when it comes up that's that's good it needs to be like i said before you need to have that switch to be able to go from nothing zero to 60 in a second just explode but that's why you need like yoel romero who didn't explode when he fought. Is he, he didn't. He didn't. And we that talk was about something that? else. Yes, let's talk about that. What a horrendous fight. Let's put it there. It was. It was weird. I was watching it wondering what I was missing. Ugh, I was I, thinking, hang on, hang on. It's got to be cleverer than I'm. There's got to be some deep, deep strategy going on here. And I watched the press conference at the end. And I was like, what was that? Well, Genuinely, what Adesanya was it? Adesanya played a smart game. 
As far I mean, I don't. I you can't put the blame on him. As far as I'm concerned, Yoel Romero. This is his final. He's he he he's lost his last three fights. He was gifted a title opportunity because the number one contender was injured. You think? In you know, if that was anyone else, you'd go into that fight going, "This is my last shot. I'm going to go for it. If I get beat, at least I'm going to go out swinging, and I'm going to try." my absolute best to get this belt and for the first two minutes of the fight he stood there he did not move he had his hands up and just didn't do anything mm. I thought what the hell's going on here like I, I couldn't believe I, it was just I couldn't believe it mm. I, I just, just could not believe it yeah it just seemed odd I think Israel was thinking the same thing like where is he well, like he's what's happening well yeah he likes to fight on the counter and he had nothing to counter so he was kind of stood there just waiting for something to to respond to, and he had nothing to respond to. Mm. So in the end, he started taking his legs apart, which, you know, he, he played He played a smart game. You know, if you're the champion, you're not going to go in there chasing Romero because, you know, why would you? It's insane, but if you, I just couldn't understand Romero's tactic there at all. No. Like, he's an outstanding wrestler as well. You think the first thing, you know, if my last chance... I'm going to do what you're against an elite level striker like Adesanya yes. and you're an elite level wrestler. You're just going to go for that shoot for that takedown straight away. And I just, it was just bad. It was crazy. Thank God we had the, the good women's fight before that that made up for it because that was outstanding. It was. Yeah, that was that was incredible. Yeah, it, it was. I I caught the end of it and then went back and watched it again. Mm. I couldn't believe um I can't remember. She check. I can't remember the names of the oh, um, of the fighters. Joanna, that's yeah. right. I saw her at the end. I couldn't believe her forehead. Mm, yeah, the, the punishment that she'd taken there. Yeah, it Incredible. was nasty, but it was a great. And went fight. back and had a look at that. Was that was some commitment? Mm. That was how to that do it. Is, that is how you do a title fight. Yeah. You know, you both go in there and you both go for it. Yeah. Yeah, Romero. That was disappointing. It was. It was. I think Israel must have been disappointed as well. He definitely was. He definitely was. Now, speaking of the UFC as well, Khabib and Ferguson, it's in the risk of getting cancelled again. Why? Well, amidst oh, the, coronavirus. the coronavirus. I mean, come on. That would be the fifth time, please. Yeah. What I saw is the going press on? Conference, though. I saw the press conference. The press conference. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. If you're not a street fighter, I fight in street. I eat you in street. Like, oh. He's a scary guy, is Khabib, but so is Ferguson. Yeah, but I think out of the two of them, and this is awful. This is not. This is not how you're supposed to judge this at all. I know. No, this. okay. But I would, I would pick Khabib to be a mate any day of the week, a friend, because he just seems like such oh, a cool guy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I love the guy. I think he's great. I think he's brilliant. I think he's. I think he's really, really funny. He's just, you know, they sit there and insult his fighting and what have you. He shrugs, you know, shrug, shrug, shrug. Yeah. Come after his family. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. He did no, get a no, bit no, wild, no. didn't he? He kicked his belt off the stage. He kicked Ferguson's belt off the stage. Yeah, but I, I was, I, I stood there going, oh, oh, my God. And then he was saying, it's not real. It's not real. Yeah. Your belt's not real. Well, and, and yeah, because, oh, my God, I can't believe it. What's the other guy's name? Ferguson. Thank you. Tony Ferguson. We literally just had that conversation. <laughs> Ferguson was like, put your belt down. We'll look at both of them on the floor. We'll match them up sort of thing. And he's dangerous like, though, no. is Ferguson. is very, very dangerous. Is he? I think he's going to be Khabib's toughest fight. I really do. Yeah. If it happens, which please, 
Just let it happen. I hope it happens. For God's sake, of all the things to cancel this fight, does it have to be a worldwide <laughs> virus? It's insane. <laughs> like, it's just... I can't, it's got to happen. It has to happen. Well, it could... Um, we really are going to have to put this out before it happens. Yeah, we will. Okay. Yeah, um, we just we will. Yeah, but the thing is, it's not just the fight, it's it's the crowd. Do it in front of an empty stadium. That's what they did last the weekend. The UFC in Brazil was in front of an empty stadium. Really? Yeah, that's fine. I don't care. Send them to the moon and fight on there. I don't care. I just want to see the damn fight. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting so long. Do not get cancelled again. No, don't get cancelled again. I'm longing to see. I'm longing to see Khabib again. That would be so cool. I just Ferguson is going to be. I think he's going to be his toughest fight. I really do. Do you think? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. His his jujitsu is next level. I don't know if really Khabib's faced anyone with the level of skill on the ground that Ferguson has. He's quite a lot older though, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's, I think, well, Khabib's 31 or 32 and I think Ferguson's like 36. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, that, not that much of an age no. difference then. I did wonder if it would make much of a difference, but probably not at that level. Well, who knows? We'll see. It'll be a good we'll, one we'll, to watch. I say we'll see. We might see. We might we not. Might we'll see. have we to wait not. another three years for it to happen again. Oh, no, it can't do that. Can't do that. Well, you know, the world might be gone in three years. With We'll be gone from coronavirus. Who knows? <laughs> That's the spirit, Greg. Yes. We've both, we've both got a kind of... <laughs> Optimism. Optimism. That's it. A fatalistic attitude to life or death this morning. Yes. <laughs> as long as there's cake and tea and what have you, it's all good. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Yeah. Is it? Oh, well. Anyway, there we go. At least just give okay. something to people to listen to when they're on lockdown. What, this? Yeah. Yeah, well, the thing is, you know, to be fair, if we all get locked in. Yeah. Um, If, you know, whatever you want to do, but we'll just start doing these you know, sort of every couple of days and we'll just do we'll them. We'll just Skype it. We'll yeah. just Skype them and uh, I can edit them at home or yeah. just chuck them out. We just keep doing it and we'll start a nice little community of people who like to talk random, you know. Yeah, you can phone in. During the coronavirus outbreak. Oh yeah, for sure. I'll I'll put out a phone number. Yeah. You can call me. It's it's fine. Actually, we could do them on Zoom. What the hell is Zoom? Oh, it's just a, it's a conference calling online conference calling oh, right, facility, okay. so people can either um, join in or what have you. So we'll get an account. We'll do it that way. Yeah. We'll get locked in for weeks and weeks and weeks. We'll do that. Why don't we just do it even if we don't get locked in? We'll do that one one episode. We'll have just a random phone in episode. We'll put out the time and stuff in advance and get people to call in yeah 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 let us know if you're up for that yeah. people live on air we live have. on air oh my god live yeah. oh, no maybe not live we could do a facebook live that could be really dangerous <laughs> yeah we could do a facebook live i mean to be fair we could facebook live when we're training on a sunday morning yeah happily yeah could do some of it anyway mm. yeah could do some of that on a facebook live if you know how yeah could figure out we can figure out anything. Yeah, it's not hard. <laughs> That's if we get to train. We might, like I said, we might be locked in. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know what's going to happen. Not I. I don't know. I'm I just, know. you know. How is it you said? The common man, right? Yes. That's me. <laughs> okay. And then I said Tosh and you said Tosh. Did I? I didn't like the word Tosh. I don't mind the word Tosh. I know it's a classic word. I love it. We're British. Tosh. Tosh. 
Okay, so we just quickly shift out of that because I just really wanted to quickly ask you about Okinawan kata. Mm. On the grounds that we we talked about it when we were talking about hangetsu. Mm. And then there was a big topic on Facebook about Okinawan kata. I think after, I can't remember why, what kicked it off. But Okinawan karate, Okinawan kata, and the difference between that and, for instance, Japanese kata and karate, and just that lineage. And you did talk about it, but I didn't really catch it. So I was wondering if you could just, very simply. Yes. Okinawan kata, Okinawan karate, as opposed to Japanese, and just like, what's the... What's the line? There? I mean, re- to be honest... Or does it not matter? I, in this day and age, I don't think it matters, okay. to be honest. It's just, I um, suppose, if I'm seeing someone saying the, the best is this, the Okinawan, and I'm just... I, th- I think... I mean, we spoke to, to Hanshi McCarthy recently. We did. Uh, which is... Which, with this, by the time this is out, this will probably be out. Oh, God, yeah. Um, and he was saying, you know, if you're going to go to Okinawa and look for you know, the original applications, it's just not there. You'll be disappointed. And I think that is the case. The, the, the solo forms are there, but the application are long gone. And I think for people to say that they're, they, they're not, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sure that there are people that know what there is, but I don't think it's, you know, the case of you're going to go and learn some Okinawan karate and immediately discover all the the applications to kata i just don't think it's that's the way it works if it was we wouldn't we wouldn't be in this kind of applied community that we're in do you know what i mean like that it wouldn't it wouldn't have needed to happen in the first place if it was already there mm-hmm. um what i do like about the okinawan kata though is you it's easier if if you're someone who wants to kind of explore a kata and go right Let's discover some applications. What can I come up with from this? Looking at the Okinawan versions will help because they are um, closer to the original source than the Japanese ones are. Um, you know, if you look at our, I don't know, let's look at uh, Shokan's MP, for instance, compared to like the old school Okinawan Wanshu, it's similar but it's different. And a lot of the subtleties from the Okinawan versions are missing in our version from where it's been simplified because you're not worried about application anymore. Does that make sense? I see. Yes. Right. So I'm just trying to absorb that. So Okinawan kata would tend to be... Sorry, Shotokan kata would Mm. have had some of the intricacies taken out in order to simplify... And make it more into Shotokan, into the style yeah, so of I, Shotokan. As far as I'm aware, it started with when Itosu started introducing it to schools. He would modify some of the original forms to make them more suitable for children yeah. to learn. Which is, you know, as the story, as, as we get close to Shotokan, that's what got passed on and passed on and eventually got what we got today. So that's why when you, when you compare some of the Okinawan versions, the, the pre-Itosu school versions to the modern shirtcan versions they are similar but there are some differences in in just subtleties of the way things move so an example of this is mp versus one shoe yeah that's is, one is example that you, yeah yeah yeah. That yeah that's one example um what what's some other examples 
I'm trying to think. My mind's gone blank, but you know there are plenty. So, um, Hangetsu. Hangetsu's a funny one, yeah, because ours hasn't changed that much, and that, that it's one of those kata that has two different distinct streams. So you've got kind of the Shuri versions, which like come from the Matsumura line, and then you've got like the Naha versions, and they're similar. But they're also quite different. So, just for clarity, sh- Shuri and Naha, yeah. meaning well, the two places regions, in yeah regions. the regions of Okinawa, yeah. Okay. Um, so the 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 version we do Hengetsu is, if if you trace it back, comes from the Matsumura lineage, which for people listening, I guess the way to, I always kind of distinguish the two is the Shuri versions start with one one arm blocking one arm punching and the Naha versions start with both arms coming up one arm pulling back and then and then punching okay um look quite different really same kind of concepts in there from what I can see um but again our version it is simpler if you go back and look at kind of the the more the older versions you'll see some of the more intricate movements in there yeah that's interesting it's all movement at the end of the day, you know. It's just shapes that you make with your your body. There's only so many ways you can use it. Yeah. I think a lot of times we over, and me included, we overthink far too much about application, and we're we're very all you know protective over it. Like this is what it is. It's like you know, it's like. I think I think though as um possibly as karateka, but also as people, we just most of us like certainty. We like Absolutely. to know. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. like to know something is true. And it can be a little too much to sometimes think that there's maybe not a definitive answer to something. Um, yeah. And and if the definitive answer is there is no definitive answer, then that's that's too much for some. Mm. Some people don't like that at all. That's why I've um, said before, like, if, you, if you're going to be one of these groups that, that teaches application, then have your definitive applications. Like I have mine. Like like I've said before, my, my prime cutter that I personally use are the Hians and techie or the pinans and naihanshi and for me i know exactly what every movement of that of those kata means i know exactly what drills i would teach exactly what drills i train it might be completely different you know it might not be the original applications but do i really care no because it works for what i do and i know exactly what it is there's no uncertainty in there for me with those if i'm looking at a different cat you know if, if i go i'm going to explore a kata i've never touched before then yeah i'll look at different places you know, there is no level of certainty on this is the original application, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And I know there'll be people that argue that. And, you know, there might be some styles that are very obscure and old that do have definitive applications, which is great. But I think as long as you know what it is you're doing and what it is you're trying to teach and it makes sense to you, then that's fine. Yeah, it's a bit of a rant, wasn't it? No, no, that's okay. You always rant, it's fine. Oh, okay. Oh, right, <laughs> no, <enough>. you don't. <laughs> you don't rant. You don't rant. It's fine. Um, no, that's what I. That's that's kind of what I wanted. That kind of um, the difference. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Good. Good. It does. I th- I think also, um, knowing that there isn't anything definitive, and that that's where the differences came from was something that was eluding me. I know it sounds like a really small point, but 
just those those two lines from just two different areas and then it all turns into Japanese and then it gets stripped away to make it easier for people which is why you end up with different lines now without the subtleties mm. that makes perfect sense there was a little detail in there that I've been missing before I think um, when, when you look at catalogs, like when we say there's no certain uh, we don't know the original applications I think when you're chasing function like Pat McCarthy was saying like and when, like, and like we've said before when when function is your ultimate goal all that stuff kind of really doesn't matter you know like if 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 it if they tomorrow they discovered i think ian said this before like they discovered you know matsumura's old hidden book that was lost in a cave somewhere and they found it and it showed all the applications for every single kata that he taught and they were just awful they made no sense and they were like well this guy actually really didn't know what he was talking about would you go, yeah, but that's the original application, so that's what I'm going to practice. That must be right. Or would you go, well, actually, that's this is more effective, so I'm going to just do this anyway. Yeah. Like, for me, I would still go for the stuff that works. Just because something's original, you know, I'm not a yeah. historian in that sense. No, but you're also somebody who enjoys the practical yeah, because I mean, what what are you doing it for? It. Well, because we've talked about this before, and and other people that we've talked about is if you want to just be doing like kind of like the art form, it's fine. That yeah. is fine and dandy, and not a problem with that mm-hmm. whatsoever. But it's not the practical applied yeah. side of things. It's a completely different thing. But know that. Yeah, I mean, I read something online the other day that someone posted about um, you know kumite drills you know it was this big long thing about how it was really good and what it taught you and i was just going i just don't see it i just don't see it like all of this makes no sense was to that me. on a forum um i can't remember where it was, it was on, i, I think saw it was something on really similar to that but it was just like you know oh this teaches you how to move in a fight this teaches you how to and i'm like yeah but it doesn't though no because it's so fixed it's so yeah you know it's so random because i i was um i was looking through forums as well and I saw a really similar comment, and one of the um, and the, the original poster had said something like, "Just genuinely, what are your feelings about one step, two step, three step kumite drills?" And and the the person that I saw that I was quite surprised at was was obviously a teacher who was saying, "You know, I'm seeing people who've been practicing for thirteen years who still need to work on their confidence with their three step or their two step or their one step." kumite drills in order to get better and better i know right at being better in a fight and i understand the difference between that and being in a fight and i'm able to apply it but i've been training for 30 years and it goes back to the thing again like it's yeah that that's insane to me like i three step five step one step two step 12 step 108 steps yeah through that little one in there goju people know um I, well, obviously, I'm. I'm saying, <laughs> no, no, going, what? What? No. Um, I think. I think the, the type of drill is is great. Like, if you're going to do, you know, all all the three step kumite is, is you're going to defend against these three attacks or whatever, and you're going to throw a counter. So if I come up to you, Sue, and was like, right, this is how you cover a jab, cross, and a hook, and then I want you to respond with this. That's three step kumite, but it's three step kumite that's going to teach you something practical. You know, like if I'm throwing a jab, cross, I say this is. Or jab cross hook. This is a three-step kumite drill to help your sparring, okay? Or, you know, I'm going to start swinging haymakers at you. I want you to cover in, crash, grab me by the back of the head, throw a headbutt and elbow, and then push me away. That's a three-step kumite drill to drill 
a tactic for if someone sucker punched you and you need to get back into a fight and escape quick. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Set, you know, three-step kumite of I'm going to block three oizukis and then count with the yakazuki mm-hmm. is a three-step kumite drill to get you ready for what? And there is, as far as I can see, no outcome in mind there. Yeah. So I think, you know, a three... You know, step kumites are good as long as you have an outcome in mind that you want to achieve and it fits that outcome does that make sense yes so you know like oh this drill is to for me to improve my my head movement or you know so you're going to throw three punches at my head and i'm going to slip and dodge and duck under each one of them yeah. that's three-step kumite drill to get you used to moving your head moving your body around yeah yeah, okay. Oh, that's quite clever. Do you know what I mean? Which I think, potentially, that, that could be where that came from. Well, you know, because it, it makes yeah. sense. Like, that is, you know, I I've mean, been to boxing gyms before where you do drills like that, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, my, my original perspective on that was that the very first few times that I did that, it was all quite intimidating. So it might be quite a decent exercise for your very first few lessons to kind of just get the sense of somebody coming at you with some intent. Mm-hmm. maybe well yeah but, i'm yeah, only saying I, maybe yeah i think there, just, are, there are probably better ways you can do it i'm sure there are yeah. better ways i'm just saying you know as a as a beginner that might not be a bad way to just get used to somebody coming at you don't we just shout and, and scream at beginners when they come in though and yes, like put do. the gloves on we them? do i mean we 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 talk a really nice game in mm. here but actually in reality you know we just punch the hell out yeah of we do and, you know yeah. especially if they're little yeah without doubt yeah yeah and just in case we need to put a hashtag sarcasm in there, you know, it's there. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I do see that. But I, I was astounded at this person saying, um, yeah, I still see people needing to work on their confidence and ability doing their three steps barring after 13 years. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of shocking to me. Yeah, well, there you 13 years is a long time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it just goes back to that function thing it, again. It just seems to me they're not actually taking it any further. They're just staying there and then asked to, you know, develop it without knowing how, without actually learning how to do this drill, do this drill, do this drill, link up the drills and then flow into a different kind I of thing. I think, you know, it's, well. it's, it's stuff like that, though, and I don't, you know, is why karate has such a bad reputation among a lot of... Do you know what I mean? And traditional martial arts do. And I will defend traditional martial arts to the death, but some things you just cannot defend. You just can't. Like, if someone comes up to you and says, oh, what are you doing this stupid? You're like, actually, yeah, it's kind of stupid. We we don't do that. Yeah. You know, you take someone who's been doing 13 years of kickboxing or 13 years of jiu-jitsu, and then you take someone who's been doing 13 years of karate... Like, there is a difference in levels there in terms of function. By and large, obviously, I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about everyone. You know, you get someone who's trained for 13 years under Pat McCarthy, then look out. Or, the, you know, the same with Ian. But by and large, what I'm saying traditional martial arts. You get someone who's done 13 years of traditional martial arts and someone who's done 13 years of, you know, like MMA. There's a big difference there. Yeah. A massive difference in function. Yes. Which, like we said, you know, that's fine if you if you're not looking for function, but the, the you know the general public looking in sees someone who's done thirteen years of karate and goes, "Wow, they must be really good." It's mm. not always the case. Yeah, should be though. It should be, but it's it not. Should be. It's definitely not. No. Hmm. 
It's kind of horrifying, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, so I was, um, there was lady online, I think, who was uh, first cue, who was saying that she was doing some applied karate really for the first time and mm-hmm. doing some and that um she she really didn't feel like she was almost worthy of her belt um because she hadn't had the experience the practical experience and that she'd known people in their dan gradings who would have to go outside of their their class to go and get practice um to spar and uh, and it just seemed you know, I know that we've talked about this before, but it's yeah. just, it's still horrifying to me mm-hmm. to actually see a person being put in that position. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's common. I mean, that's one thing I, when it came for my downgradings or, or people coming to, like when Jeff was running the class for us for downgradings, that's one thing I never felt was I never was, I never had an issue with putting the gloves on and sparring with anyone because we did it all the time. So it was never a case of, oh God, who's going to come in and, it just didn't, you know, when you do it that often, you, you're comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's more common than you think, I think, you know. And it is, it's that false sense of security that people get from being a high level and not actually having done a great deal. Of hands-on. Mm. Yeah, it's a different world, isn't it? It is, yeah. It seems to be. I yeah. mean, I've com- I'm coming up through it, so it's it's not a different world for me this is my world <laughs> yeah but i mean i, I think just... you know people go oh you know it's intimidating this applied stuff do you find it intimidating this applied quote-unquote applied side of things because i mean it could be intimidating if we were doing it you know in a different way but i'd like to think the way we do things are very sort of easy for everyone i mean we've had kids that as long as you make it fun. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Kids are having an absolute riot. Yeah. Having a ball while they're doing it, which is brilliant. Um, I never find the applied stuff, bunk high. Um, I don't find any of that intimidating. The stuff that we did yesterday was quite full on in some respects, wasn't it? I mean, we were drilling some quite heavy stuff. We did serious chokes and strangles the other day in class. Not remotely yeah. intimidated by that. Not at all. Um, that was... You know, that was brilliant fun. The only thing that ever intimidates me a little bit is um, is sparring. Just, but only because I get nervous. But I think, yeah, I think that's But with I think everyone. there's a healthy dose of, of, of nervousness. But can you but... imagine, though, the intimidation you would feel if you'd never sparred before? No. And then today I was like, right, so we're going to do some sparring now. Yeah. And you're at the level you are. Yeah. Like, you, you're not... You know, you, you everyone gets nervous when they put like it's just adrenaline. That's what happens when you know exactly. you're going to get punched and, in the face, and you know it's going to happen. Yeah, and but the thing is, that's why I ask for it quite a lot. Yeah, but that's different to, to kind of just it. like, oh my god, what the hell have I got myself in for here? Yeah, yeah. Because you're used to sparring from day one. You've sparred since pretty much the day you walked through the door. Yes, in some form or another. Yeah, that's yeah. It's it's scary to think that that does happen. It does. It happens far too much, and I do not approve. No, I don't approve either. We don't approve. We don't approve. I want to hear, you know, I want to hear it. People have heard too much of this kind of stuff. Or if your association has chucked it out. Ian Abernethy had a really good post on recently. Yeah. 
um, I might share him in case anyone hasn't seen it. Go on his Facebook page and have a look. He did a really nice post about um, a, a nice video. What I'm keeping and what I'm rejecting yeah, from I the traditional world. And immediately, I will say, people got the videos wrong and it annoyed the hell out of me. Because the first, I think Rant. the first thing he says in the video, he goes, the traditional things I don't keep. He goes, this isn't for everyone. This is just what I do. And I'll give you the reasons why I do it. And immediately in the comments, people are like, oh, you do this. You keep the, the gi and the belts and you keep this side. Why don't you keep this side? It's like, watch the video. Like, it's not hard to understand. Like, there are things like, do, how often do I talk in Japanese? Like, for All techniques. The time. No, <laughs> like no, honestly. But like, if I'm teaching, like, no, you like, don't. You've, you've very I've rarely never known you do that. You you might mention Gakazuki, but yeah, to because be fair, I don't speak Jap. I'm not Japanese. I'm from Somerset, England. There's a big difference. No, but you might. That's one of the only techniques that you would do that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like like Ian was saying in the videos, that I I would use Japanese terminology if I was teaching a class of people I don't know, because it's a common thing. You know, you'd be surprised. Like you know, for me, if I say you know, a jab cross, I'm meaning pretty much Kazamazuki Yakazuki. Whereas if I said that to a group of people I've never trained with before, they'd be like, what? If they haven't done what we do. So I would use Japanese terminology. But, you know, if I'm teaching a Sunday morning class and everyone knows me and they know, like, I'm, I just talk like me. Um, But yeah, I just couldn't believe some of the, like, did you not watch the video? So I was thinking some people, like, I just, yeah, I don't know. People get very attached to tradition, don't they? We've had this conversation a million times before, so we won't go into it again, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. carry on with your original point. Um, well, it was just that it was a great, it was a great video. And it yeah, was, it is a good video. It's about taking, um, taking what's working and letting go of what is in the way of those things keeping the things that do work mm. so for instance in uh, in joe's class he uh likes to mock sue uh, yeah. likes to meditate and a lot of i'm sure there are loads of classes that wouldn't even dream of doing that i doubt if ian abernethy does it no probably not um personally that is a pre- if i was in charge of a class i would so probably keep that in i like it at yeah, some like point it. because you know i come in with my brains jangling yeah. like mad from everything i've gone and seriously sitting down in absolute silence for mm-hmm. about two minutes is very 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 centering yeah we don't do it every not, class by no, a long but way it's, it's but not it's not a bad practice no, to not do at all. to just like at the end of the day especially yeah just like put a little literally a breath of space mm-hmm in your energy between finishing one thing and starting another. Not a yeah. bad practice. I, I will agree. One of the things Ian says, he does not like the term sensei. And I'm so glad he's because I hate being called sensei. You don't like that, I've do you? I've always hated it. Jeff so always hated it. Jeff, what do I prefer? <laughs> <laughs> Oi, you idiot over there. No. Really? Seriously? No, yes. Oi, then, fourth then. <laughs> Jeff used to hate it. And that, maybe that's where it comes from. Because when I first started, everyone called him Jeff. Like, I always called him Jeff. I didn't call him Sensei. It just wasn't, you know, it wasn't even an option. You just, you called him by his name. And it wasn't until we kind of linked up with an association um, and Jeff was kind of told, he was like, no, you need to make sure everyone calls you Sensei. And he was like, reluctantly, I'm, you know, we need to use the term Sensei because the association has said we need to employ it. Um, so by that meant when I was teaching people had to call me and I hate it I do not like it at all 
What is it about it that you don't like? I don't know. I just don't like it. It just gives you like the... I do, but I just think everyone in that class knows... Like, if you were to be like, Sensei, I'd be like, Sue, what are you talking about? You know who... Like, like, it just... You know me. Everyone knows me in there. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. It just creates... For me, I guess it creates that divide I don't like. I just don't like it. It makes me feel weird. It's probably connotations that we've got in this country for it as well. Maybe. In terms of its... um, I don't know how to describe this. You know, um, yeah, when you're Greg, there's a level of, you know, everyone knows who you are, Mm. knows what level you are, and we know that you're in charge of the class. That's fine. It's not even a question. But I think that sometimes is there some sort of feeling of veneration or uber respect that comes with the word sensei that feels... Do you know what I mean? I think, yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's too much of of veneration, of lifting that person up. Mm. Well, it's like we had this conversation with with Pat McCarthy where, or you did, I think I lost, I was gone by that point. Um, (laughs) I think that was after my phone died. But where you said, oh, do I call you Hanshi? And he was like, no. like. Oh, yeah, no, that was random. So at the end of the conversation, he he, he had to have a very quick off-air conversation with somebody else. And um, and he said his name, Pat. And I tend to be quite an imitative person. So when someone does something, I quite often, if I'm not thinking about it, will copy them. Mm. And uh, so I just said, so, Pat. And I went, <gasps> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I said I had a huge moment there. And he said, no, I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter. Some people call me, you know, this. My wife calls me that. It's, it really does depend on where yeah. I am. And I got that. I also got from him, and I think we almost will have to have an entire episode on talking about what he talked about. Um, well, we're definitely getting back again. 100%. And we absolutely will. Yeah. But um, he said something um, at one point, like, who am I to do this? Who am I? I'm just a guy from a small town in Canada Yeah. To to be having all these opinions. And people were telling him he didn't get to have them. And I find that incredibly reassuring that somebody like that I mean, can can have the who am I to have this, yeah. you know, and, and Ian's kind of like he's, I hope, over that. He is who he is and he's making his own decisions based on his principles in his class, which is. Well, you go to any seminar with Ian, you know, usually the first thing he says is this isn't I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just showing you how I do it. Yes. And, you know, what you take from it is what you take from it. You might agree with it. You might disagree. But this is just me. This is what I do. Um. Yeah, that's the th- that is the thing about the kind of the more the, the, I don't want to say modern, but I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. But like, like that kind of teacher is it's not a dictatorship. It's not this is what you do and this is the only way to do it. It's just this is what we do. I'm just going to show you what we do. Yeah, practical, no nonsense. Mm. But yeah, if you haven't seen that Ian Abernethy post, do go and have a look at it. And there's two isn't there there's two yes yeah. um the first one was what i am not keeping yeah and the second one was what i am keeping yes um for clarity because he said yes people are being going on at me and saying oh you're being inconsistent you're keeping <laughs> japanese skills and geese but you're not keeping the terminology how dare you be I, so I have to say that you know the martial arts community, karate in particular, always talks about, you know, respect and, um, y- you know, how how you treat other people and blah, 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 blah. It's some of the worst disrespect you see comes from online 
martial artist sometimes. Really? Just don't you think like some of the comments people put? You think if you were stood in the room with this person, you would never say this kind of thing to people. Like, no, I don't no. know. It's crazy. No, I think yeah, I, I think the whole world of of wanting and demanding respect from each other in 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 karate is a bit of a mm. it's a bit of a strange one. It is a bit of a strange one, which is why I definitely find myself leaning more and more towards the. The practical people, because they tend to be very clear about how they think and how they feel and what they want. Yeah, but there's never a level of disrespect there. No, no, absolutely. But I'm finding that people who are who who are expressing themselves to be very traditional um, have a, a complete lack of respect. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Who are, yeah. No, I'm just trying yeah, to try yeah, yeah, to yeah. differentiate. Yeah, so I the agree. people who are like so deeply entrenched in the world of respect don't seem to be okay with other people exploring it. No, yeah, I agree. That's yeah, hundred percent. And uh, and they that, preach respect, and you know, but they don't actually show it. No, unless they the other person completely agrees with what they think, then they'll show respect. Any disagreement, and it says, "Well, no, 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 you don't know what you're talking about." So, oh, God. Yeah. I think I think the most important thing that I'm taking from so much of these conversations, where we kind of come back to a lot of the same points from different. Places. Yeah, I do feel. We, yeah, we do talk about the same thing in different ways a lot of the time, but it's good because it shows what. Yeah, but I of... think we learn something different yeah, and then come back yeah. to a central point, yeah, which is which is quite often um, knowing what your outcome is. Yeah. Quite often, so people like Ian, he knows exactly what his outcome is, but I'm not entirely sure that everyone does no absolutely not they absolutely don't absolutely not yes i mean i think most like i've said before most people when they go to a martial arts dojo they're they're going there because somewhere in their mind they feel they need to learn to protect themselves you know and i i might be wrong saying that but you know i would say that most people do somewhere in their head there is a reason of them they want to build confidence in some way they want to feel safer so you know, that's why I think the first thing you should ask someone when they walk through the door is, what do you want out of this? Mm. Because, you you know, if someone walked into to our class and was like, oh, I want to be a um, a top-level point karate fighter, I would say, well, I'm, you know, this isn't this isn't the group for you. Yeah, or you can stay here for a while, yeah, this but you'll is, definitely want to be yeah. looking for something that's you going can stay to go in that direction. I'll show you what we do, and if, you know, if you after a few weeks it's not what you want, then I'll try and point you in the direction of what you do want. But, you know... The trouble is, is like we've said before, it's, and I think Pat McCarthy said this: it's not this one size fits all karate. There are different things, different levels, different objectives. There really ought to be a review point. Yeah, yeah. Where you are actually are told this is what you're doing. Do you like it? And is this heading in a direction now that you're liking? Mm. Yeah. That yeah. won't that won't happen. <laughs> no, I mean to be honest, I think with with groups like us and um, who are I don't want to say like we are. I mean, I'm sure everyone's a friendly group, but do you know, like like if I'm teaching, I'm very much and it's the same with Joe. I'm very much a part of the group. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not stood out the front. Like I'll always kind of mix in and like have a laugh and like do you know what I mean? It's not kind of this teacher and or at least I don't think it is. It is actually. It is. It's okay. terrible. Oh damn it! It's Sorry. Nightmare. Uh, okay. It's a nightmare. You just pick on people and make them cry. I do put people to sleep. Um, but 
I think I think because of that dynamic, though, you guys are more open to question me and question Joe and ask, you know, why why do we what what, what about this? What about that? So I think when you have an environment like that, you might not need that review point because you're going to get that feedback from the students anyway mm. because they're comfortable talking to you. They don't feel like they're talking to some massive high up idiot with a black belt on they're just talking to one of them do you know what i mean whereas if you go to like a very strict group like you know you mustn't address the teacher you mustn't question anything like you're going to be stuck in there going well this isn't really what i want to do but i'm too afraid to say anything so i think it does depend on the class environment really because i know you well you know i've i've never felt You've always asked questions, do you know what I mean? Like, you, I don't think you've ever been like, oh, I mustn't ask this question. Oh. I probably wouldn't have asked too many in the first couple of years, but then, first year, say. But yeah. I wouldn't have known necessarily what questions to ask. Well, no, that's true, and yeah. that's fine. Yeah. That's okay. And if I did have a question like, you know, I've hurt myself, can I not do this part? Or I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fine. And, yeah. you know, someone like me... That's really good. The more you know you can, the more you relax. Yeah. So it's all good. So I think we've had a really good roam all the way through. We've roamed through the the forest of karate. We have the forest of karate. (laughs) I don't know where that came from. (laughs) The forest of karate to the river of? Enlightenment. Enlightenment. No, I don't know. I was trying to go... I'm going for that kind of super uber respectful karate vibe. But okay. when I'm really not respectful at all, like we were saying, that's what I'm going for there. Walk to the river of enlightenment. Crawl to the river of enlightenment. Take a sip from the cup of, I don't know. I'm like a Tai Chi master. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave that for another yeah. time. Okay, cool. All right then, Tai Chi master. See you next time. May <laughs> peace you. be with you all. May the force be with you. Aren't May you the force be... That? Yes. There we go. That's how I'm going to sign off every episode now. May the force be with you. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye.